No matter how wonderful our past experience is, it doesn't do anything for who we are. Because who we are is not what we do. We all fall into the poo. Every single one of us human beings falls into the poo. And we can fall down, we can moan about it, we can complain about it. But the most important thing always, always, always is to get back up. And I think the more that people stand up and say, hey, you are capable, you are more capable than you realize, but you can't be the best of everything. Right? So as much as your ego wants to say, I'm the greatest at everything ever, you're not. Like, and I think being willing to admit that you've got faults too allows other people to see you as real or it allows real progress to happen because you can celebrate other people for their gifts, understand what your gift is, and then operate in that space. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the No Half Cakes podcast. Today I have an amazing guest for you that I am excited to share with you. Uh, she is someone who I've had the pleasure of meeting uh, about a month or two ago. Uh, and in that time frame has made a tremendous impact on me. Uh, and I am just honored to share her with you here. Now, by the numbers, uh, our guest today has done a lot of awesome things. Uh, so I'm just going to, I'm going to share those with you now because the numbers alone are awesome. So, uh, I've got a list of 60 acquisitions, 10 dispositions, 30 profit improvements, five culture changes, one bankruptcy. That alone is a tremendous accomplishment. But, uh, as you know, to me, being successful is not just numbers. It's who you are as a person. It's your legacy. It's, it's a much deeper thing than that. And in the time that we have spent together, this woman has given me such a shining example of how to blossom in every condition. And no matter what life throws at you, find a way to just bloom. And from every struggle, bring real success. And I have learned so much and gotten so much inspiration from the conversations I have had that I cannot wait to share this woman with you. Without further ado, I would love to introduce today, Charlene Norman. Charlene, thank you. And uh, it's, it's honestly... It's an honor to have you here with me today. It has to be the most delightful and very sincere introduction that I've ever, ever had. Um, it's a pleasure for me to be here today, Jim. And I, I just want to come out and say, you know what? No matter how wonderful our past experience is, it doesn't do anything for who we are. Because who we are is not what we do. And I think... It took me a while to learn that lesson. Um, and I think that's perhaps what you tapped into in our previous conversations. I've actually just kind of got my own stuff together very, very recently. And I'm looking at stuff that's happened over the last 10 or 20 years. And I'm going, who would have thunk? Who would have actually thought that for every time you fall into the poo, you can come up smelling like a rose again and again and again. And I know that you've fallen into the poo um, pretty hard. Yeah, I've fallen into the poo. We all fall into the poo. Every single one of us human beings falls into the poo. And we can fall down. We can moan about it. We can complain about it. But the most important thing always, always, always is to get back up. And sometimes it's slow to get back up. I fully understand you. The, the image I have in my head is of a, of a boxer who's been pulled to the ground and they get up a little staggered and you kind of do feel staggered many times. 
But it's not about how great we are. It's not about how many times we fell down. It's how many times do we actually get up again, recognize that we're much stronger than we ever thought. And what do we do the next moment? Yeah. And, you know, I think you paint a great illustration there because, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, before we start recording, about the perception of everyone's got this perfect life. And, you know, and just in full transparency, we were talking about, hey, listen, if during the course of recording this, uh, a package shows up and the dogs bark, you know, let's edit it out. And I said, hey, look, this is real life. This is this is raw and authentic. And I think it's important to illustrate the fact that none of us live this perfect life that everyone thinks other people live on social media. Like, yeah, and we're trying to record a podcast here. Guess what? The phone's going to ring. The dog's going to bark. The doorbell's going to ring. It's, you know, it's life. And I think too many people look at life as this <clears throat> social media highlight where everything just feels filtered and edited and perfect. And we judge ourselves based on that. And we get this false perception of how well we're really doing. So like when we look at, I fell down, did I get back up immediately? Was my version two immediately better than my version one? Was everything perfect? Is this this amazing overnight success story? And it doesn't always happen like that. More often than not, it doesn't happen like that. And I think too often we compare ourselves to this vision we have of what other people are portraying. So that's why I feel like it's super important to have these conversations and give people an understanding of, hey, it doesn't matter how quickly you get back up because sometimes it's going to sting. You might have to stay down there for a little bit and, and heal your wounds and, and it's going to take some time. But I think the more that you lean on getting back up, not necessarily how quickly you get back up, what happens after you get back up, whatever, just focus on getting back up. Like let that be the thing that you do is just focus on getting back up, taking it one step at a time. And, uh, you know, you've given me a lot of great examples of that in the past. So would you share, uh, you know, here, like, what are some examples of that in your life? Things that have brought you to that stumbling point, like what has gone on in the course of your life before we've met today that has given you that resilience and, and take us through a little bit of that? Um, I'll give you one because it's the most profound and probably most people will be able to relate to it. Um, we all have at some point in our lives something really goddamn awful happen. We could lose someone we love, we could lose our job, we could lose our spouse, or we could get sick. Each one of those things is something that just knocks us completely off our feet. And we go, whoa, where did that come from? I didn't expect that. What, 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 what happened? Um, in my case, I got sick. So in 2015, the, vi the virus, uh, streptococcal meningitis hit me. It said, Hey, you, you're next woman. So, um, wh what it is, it's a, it's a nasty viral infection. It's, it's not uncommon, but it's not rare either. Um, so it strips the oxygen out of your spinal column and your brain. Well, we kind of need oxygen. So what it, what it did for me was it gifted me with two seizures, two strokes and a week in a coma. Um, and I say gifted very carefully because that happened in 2015. This is now 2023. So there's been a period where that's when I got up. Initially, um, I couldn't talk. I couldn't walk. I couldn't think. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And I had no idea how bad it was until uh, six months later. And the doctors called me a minor medical miracle because I had beat all the odds. The odds of getting back to where you were, they're not uh, terrific, but I actually surpassed it. And 
I surpassed it because I did something that I've always done throughout my entire career, throughout my entire life from the time I was a little kid to now. And it's always, what do I want? Do I want this? How badly do I want this? And any time that I badly, badly, badly wanted something, I moved heaven and earth to make it happen. Now, I will tell you, not being able to walk, not being able to talk, um, not being able to think strategically, think, let alone strategically, let alone tactically, um, that was that was very hard. And I'll be honest, it was two years of physical rehab and then six years of what I call mental rehab to get my head back into the game properly. So it was not an overnight thing. Um, and I would ha- I, I think... I think the biggest thing for all of us when we lose something, our ego gets in the way. Our ego says, oh my God, what's everyone going to think? You were high and mighty and you're no longer high and mighty. So I'm going to pull out the shame gods for you and I'm going to cascade all the shame and cover you and smother you with shame. And shame is a paralyzing thing. Um, I didn't want anyone to know that I was sick. I was upset when my husband told, yeah, Shani's in the hospital. She's going to be a while. I said, you don't tell anybody that I'm less than perfect. I didn't want anyone really to come and visit me um, because I had gone on all these medications and I ballooned into this really obese person that I didn't know because of all the drugs. Um, I couldn't talk the way I could. I couldn't hold a conversation the way I used to be able to. So why did I want anyone around? Well, And then, of course, because I couldn't work, I had to sell my house and I had to relocate and start all over again. Well, to me, all of that was just big loser, 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 loser. It didn't matter that I hadn't I had nothing to do with it. It just was one of those things that came rocketing down. But it's a common, common, common human reaction. Shame. Oh, my freaking God. How the hell did I get this? What the hell do I do now? Um, People came from nowhere to say, how can I help you? People came from miles to visit me and I didn't receive it because I was so concerned about myself and looking like a complete idiot. It took me years to realize that when people come out to help you, when people offer, you don't ask them when they offer, they sincerely want to help you and they want you to tell you, tell them what it is you like. It's not It's not a put down to us. It's the best gift we can give one another. It took me years to learn that. Um, Today, like everybody, my focus is different. My focus is not the same. My focus is not about racking up all kinds of wonderful accomplishments. My focus is on helping someone else. My focus is on serving the greater good. And you originally started by talking about my accomplishments, but the thing that I'm most proud of is that I always did everything for the greatest good of everyone that I was serving. So whenever I made people money, whenever I led people to higher heights, when whenever we did amazing things, I never focused on, it was all about me. I always focused on, together we can do amazing things. How can I help you get to where you want to go so you help me? And that was really the driving impetus behind all my successes. So on the other side now, What I've done is I've said, that's my strength. How can I use it to serve the world? Knowing that I didn't die, knowing that I've been given this second or third chance or whatever you want to call it, how do I use it to the best? Okay, I just finally figured all that out in the last month. I've been working on it for eight years. 
off and on thinking, well, this doesn't make sense. And why am I doing this? But today I can say that everything that I did in the eight years of getting sick actually got me to this point today. And so with the benefit of hindsight, with a lot of swearing, being the worst, worst, worst patient from hell, not being a particularly great, grateful wife, not being a particularly wonderful daughter, having gone through all those emotions, I can honestly say that absolutely nothing happens to us. It always happens for us because we are stronger, better, kinder, more decent, more humble on the other side. It just doesn't look that way when we're staggering to get up. Oof. Amen to that. And you've said a lot of things that, I mean, we, I feel like I could talk for 17 hours about everything you just said. The thing I, I would start with first is sort of the last thing you said there is I think it's an incredibly important mindset that we don't emphasize enough. Like, I think a lot of people are stuck in this spot of struggle more so than they're willing to admit. They don't accept the help. They're afraid to let other people see them in a vulnerable spot because it makes them look weak. And I think more so than anything, we need more people to stand up and be the example for, hey, it's possible. Like, not the example of this overnight success story or um, criticizing people or judging people or putting people down, but the example of failing forward, of growing through struggle, you know, not letting struggle stop you, but letting struggle teach you and help you uh, go to the next step. And I think so many people look at whatever their, their roadblocks or their stumbling points are as this spot of, man, why me? Right. And just sitting in that and, and letting it stop them from doing a thing that they wanted to do. But instead, giving the perspective of, hey, how is this going to be used for your advantage in a couple of years? Like in that moment, stop and think about what is my life going to look like in three, four years if I use this opportunity in front of me for good, not for bad. Like use it to help push myself forward, not as an excuse to stop. And um, I just want to, I want to congratulate you for spending that time and, and being committed and disciplined and walking through it. Cause I mean, I'm sure there's been a lot of points during that, that you wanted to just quit and give up. I, I honestly can't imagine how difficult that process is to, to be in that spot where, I mean, you, if you can't walk and talk to be able to be giving a podcast where you're, you're helping other people grow and see their potential, it must feel like it's Mount Everest at that point. Like, what do you do in that spot to keep that sense of how will it serve me in my future self? I am probably the best person in the world for a pity party. And I'm also probably one of the best people in the world who complains, whines. But I don't put a long period of time on it. Um, probably the best thing I ever saw in my life was a sign on a dear boss's um, cabin. And it said, get mad, but don't hold it. Get mad, let it go. So uh, I think if we can all have a pity party for ourselves, but you got to let it go. We can all bitch and complain and moan and groan, but you got to let it go. We can all berate ourselves. Go ahead, do it, but you got to let it go. So what I actually did especially in the beginning, was I put a time frame on it. I would literally go to the kitchen stove clock. I would put the timer on for 30 minutes, 30. 
I would pull out two pans. Now, this is really silly. I would pull out two pans and I would bang the pans together and I would yell and I would scream and I would swear. And when the timer went off, I was done. I couldn't do that anymore. Now I had to go get some work done. Whether that means just walk around the block, do my exercises, do whatever. So I gave myself permission to have a pity party for 30 minutes. Now, here's what happened. It's actually boring. When you give yourself 30 minutes, it's actually boring. So, okay, I'm going to do this every day and I'm going to get out of my system. Well, I I promise you by the time I got to 30 days, I was doing it in five minutes going, oh, shit, I, I, yeah, I've had enough. I have to get going. So I, I, you, I, I say that might work for someone. Um, give yourself permission. Put a timer on it. You don't have to do 30 minutes if you want an hour. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. Do it and then get walk away. Let it go. So that was that would be the first thing that I've always done. I can see you nodding your head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, okay. that's, I, that's I'm a little crazy it's sometimes. It's simple, but it's so effective. Like we don't it's, it, give ourselves permission to feel the feelings. Like we're afraid to feel feelings because we're going to be judged or criticized or vulnerable or whatever. Um, but it really is so simple. Just feel it, embrace it, lean into it, and then move on. And, let, and then move on. The other thing that we're always afraid to do with our loved ones in particular is to hold everything in. How was your day? Great. What did, what happened? Nothing. What, what got in the way? Nothing. And we're, we're so hung up about one, not monopolizing the conversation with the garbage that we had to go through. Two, not being a Debbie Downer to everybody. And three, not being a Debbie Downer to ourselves because, you know, once upon a time we were fully functioning. We're still fully functioning. And so I don't need pity. Okay. So there's where the shame thing is coming in. Um, I didn't learn that one immediately. Believe me, that one took me a couple of years, but I got to the point where I'd say, okay, I've had a really bad day today, or I've had a good day and I need to tell you about it. Either way, either way, darling, you have to listen to me. And what that did was it opened up the communication channels between my husband and I or my family and I that said, okay, Shalini's got this time. We're going to listen to her. We're not going to interrupt her. We're just going to listen to her. And we're either going to make her feel better, laugh with her or congratulate her. That's all we need to do. Listen, make her feel better, congratulate her or make or or what was the other thing I said? Just be there. Right. There's a time frame. There's a time frame so that you're not hogging everything. Um, that's pretty easy to do, too, because guess what? Humans are emotional. All human beings are emotional. And in business, I knew that. I knew the success of the acquisitions and the projects that I was leading and the profit improvements and the making of millions and millions and millions. Business is very emotional because humans are very emotional. So if we know that. Why do we have to say in our personal lives we can't be emotional either? We can let it out. And when we let it out, then all of a sudden our guts aren't in knots. All of a sudden our head's not exploding. And all of a sudden we're realizing, oh, people do love me for me. Warts and all. And that's a beautiful feeling. It is. <clears throat> but I think it's not as easy for most people to get to that spot. And just to, to clarify, from what I've seen in this, I think it's incredibly difficult for people to establish that safe space to put up the guardrails where you can let down the guard, let down, like take off the mask, 
and be willing to be vulnerable in a conversation to say, hey, I want to have a, a real talk with you again. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's husband, wife, partner, whatever, like business or, or personal, to have a open conversation with someone about things, wh- whatever that topic is. I think a lot of us come into that conversation with <clears throat> the rest of the world on our shoulders that, that are outside of that relationship. Right? We have this worry and this fear and this self-doubt and this other frustration that we don't let out uh, in the right channels. And what winds up happening is we bleed on people who didn't cut us, right? So I may have had a frustrating morning with you name it, other stuff came up, right? And I've had a crazy day, but I come to you here and I let that frustration eke out on you. And rather than you saying, hey, let's take a step back. Something seems off. Jim, let's talk about it. Where's all this coming from? The immediate reaction from a lot of people is, let me bite back. Let me protect that ego and that pride. And and if I'm willing to be vulnerable and transparent, I'm in a position of danger. So I have to, to put up the defenses and be protective and guard myself. And I think so many people come into relationships, whether it's business or personal, with that guard up and looking to protect who they are, right? And they're not able to come in as their real self. And I think it, it takes a lot of work to get to that spot. And the, from my experience, the more you're able to uh, build the relationships in your life, doesn't matter whether it's a friend spouse, somebody you work with, where you know, like, hey, we've got guardrails. I'm going to come to you on the good days and the bad days. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And if, if I've got a problem with you, I'm going to tell you, like, not in a malicious way, but straight up honest, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. Like, let's talk about it. And <clears throat> it's simple. Like, I think the concept is really simple. We all struggle with stuff. We all have feelings. Like, we all have, exist in the real world where, like, things happen on a daily, but we don't let it be easy. We complicate it because we're afraid to be vulnerable and transparent with each other. And, you know, I think somewhere along the lines, this concept of, I love this person, I don't want them to feel bad, came up. Like, I think we got to change the, the story there. When when you love someone, you have to have the difficult conversations. <clears throat> like, truly loving someone means you want the best for them. And sometimes that's going to mean you got to call them out when they're not living up to their own potential. That's uncomfortable. But like, I think when you really understand how to have that relationship and that business is not just how do I find people to sell stuff to it's relationship and it's personal and it's not just, um, you know, profit and loss on a, on a bottom line of a statement. It's people. So yeah, I mean, I just, it's a topic that's so near and dear to me and I'm, I'm sorry if I overstepped the conversation on that, but it's, it's just something I'm, I'm so passionate about because it's so important. The people side of this, um, you made a really, really good point, and and I need to emphasize this. I didn't come to this. Uh, I did. Maybe I was born with an ability to be vulnerable. I don't think so. I think I covered it up a lot, and I did not believe me. I did not get to the point where I could just say, "Well, let's have this, and I'll tell you what the guardrails are, and let's have this conversation, and we'll be vulnerable." I did not get to that point easily, and it certainly didn't happen overnight. Um, I can tell you. Maybe some of your listeners can relate. Um, we actually don't have a problem on a human to human basis with someone else coming to us with their problems because we are all pretty damn good at solving other people's problems. Um, if we're in the if we're in, when when we're in the good frame of mind, we're very good generally of at least allowing them to speak. Um, and we feel 
validated ourselves because we can give answers that we know are going to work for the other person. We we all come from that point. The point that we don't come from is when we need, when we are the ones who need to receive. We don't actually, my observation is we're none of us are very good at receiving anything, but we're so bloody good at giving. And it's the receiving part that if we can get past our ego, put the ego off to the side, get get out from the shame and just be, just be a normal human person and receive. I think that's when the walls start to break down. It is hard. I'm not saying it's not, but the rewards on the other side, you you, you just can't imagine. They're just awesome. They're amazing in business in personal and as you say it doesn't matter whether it's your family your friends your your faith people your store clerks your it doesn't matter they when you let down your guard and you allow to receive it's amazing the kinds of people that end up flocking to you it's the right people the ones that we've complained all of our lives, where are they? Like, why do they have so much better than, than I do? Well, it's because in a lot of cases, people have figured it out, gone there faster than we did. And when we let our, when we let our guard down, when we allow people in, when we receive what others have to give us, all of a sudden we get more. Yeah, that's very true. You know, a good friend told me the difference between transparency and vulnerability is like a window. When you open the blinds, the window is transparent. But it's not until you open the window that you become vulnerable. And I think the analogy there is so important because a lot of us look at, hey, I'm, I'm trying to be transparent with other people and tell them what's going on. But you're not really being vulnerable. You're not putting the ego and the pride aside to open that window and allow the blessings to come in. That's a really, really, really good analogy, Jim. I really like that. That is really, really good. Thank you. And, you know, Look, you you hit the nail on the head there by talking about our inability to receive. I think so many people look at either asking for help or sharing their concerns or even receiving the help as the sign that they are weak, they are um, they're bad, right? And we're afraid to admit that we are in need of help. Like somehow it, it causes us to be less than, but we're not. And I think the more that people stand up and say, hey, you are capable, you are more capable than you realize, but you can't be the best of everything, right? So as much as your ego wants to say, I'm the greatest at everything ever, you're not. Like, and I think being willing to admit that you've got faults too allows other people to see you as real or it allows real progress to happen because you can celebrate other people for their gifts, understand what your gift is, and then operate in that space. And look, I think a lot of people look at, how do I grow a business? How do I grow a relationship? But I'm trying to take this super magical ninja trick, which I, which I learned, and I'm going to apply to my business because it's going to help me 10x my customers overnight. No, that's not it. Like, it might work a little bit, might work here and there, but that's not how you like develop meaningful success and like long-term growth. The reason why some things like that don't work, and you see other people who are just standing up in their identity and who they are, and they're really just people are flocking to them. Is because they're not marketing. Their window is wide open and they're just sharing their life with other people and other people connect. And it doesn't, it's not received as I'm being sold a bill of goods. 
it's there's a guy or a girl who is standing up in who they are. They're not afraid to be themselves, right? And their product or service might genuinely help other people. And people can see that because there's, there's no layer of um, shiny objects or Instagram posts or Facebook ads in between that. It's just people being real, raw, and authentic. And I think the more that we start to tell that story and, and give people permission to be themselves and to just share their life, like all of us have things that happen in life that suck, whether it's doorbells going off when you're trying to record a podcast, whether it's financial issues, whether it's health issues, like all of us struggle with stuff. And for any one of us to, to stand up here and be like, hey, my life is perfect. I've achieved all these awesome things and ignore that part makes other people feel like when they're sitting in that spot, oh, they were just luckier than I am. That's not for me. And that's why I think it's so important that we tell these stories and we share real life and we allow ourselves to be vulnerable first and to give other people the permission to stand up and be like, hey, I'm open my window and I don't care how many skeletons fly out of the closet. I understand there's people who are going to love me and, and not judge me for the things that happened in the past because they understand like what I'm capable of. And I think that's just, it's so important. I, I have a slightly different view. It's the same, but it's slightly different about what success really means. And um, maybe it'll resonate with someone on the, who's listening. Um, I, I believe that no matter what level of success we want, whether it's getting back up on our feet again, whether it's building a business that's got 50 times in revenue, whether it's taking on world, whatever you want to save the world, whether it's being the absolute best spouse in the world uh, or the best whatever. I think success starts first and foremost internally by saying, this is who I want to be. You can say, for some people, it's their soul saying, this is this is ultimately where I need to go. For other people, you can say, well, they have this big dream and they're so fa- focused on the dream. But the my, my point is, we have to become the person that we want to be before we can get all the trappings of success. The trappings of success do not come to any of us right now today because we willed it and said, this is going to happen and I'm going to follow this 10 point checklist or I'm going to spend money with that guru who's going to tell me what to do or I'm going to marry into that family or success doesn't come that way. Success comes when we say, I am going to be this version of myself, whatever that version is. We grow into being that version. And in many cases, that version means we're going to be vulnerable. In many cases, that version means we are going to be so transparent and authentic and wholly out there because we're, our soul knows we need to be comfortable with that. Our soul says, okay, that's you. Go, go, go. We learn how to do that. And the funny thing is, when we learn how to do that, and we become the person that we set ourselves up to be, that's when success, we realize, oh my God, it's here. We get so busy growing ourselves to become the person that we want to be. We forget focusing on all the other happy gunk that everyone thinks so is so important that is not that important. And one day we will look at them and say, oh my God, I made it. It's in our DNA. And I, this is where I can get on a, a rampage, but I won't. Um, 
I don't like the way we've been taught. I don't like the way that we've been shown that we have to live our lives. I don't like the way we've been shown to run our businesses because everything is about wealth and greed and profit. I would prefer, I've proven it myself, I am proving it again, that we focus on people first, focus on the greatest good of all of us, which means none of us is going to get everything we want, but all of us will get something and work at becoming just the best people we can possibly be. That's how we get true success, in my humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Uh, I'll agree 100%. Like, I, th- I think that's where real meaningful success comes from. And I don't think success is defined by your bank account or what your house looks like or what kind of cars in the driveway. And as someone who, who chased that at one point and got those things and was left feeling like, oh, this is like, now what? This kind of sucks. Like it, it didn't give me the life I really wanted. Like I got those things and that's how I wound up standing in front of the half a cake is because I sacrificed my wife, my kids, my own identity. Like it was this very shallow thing. Like, cool, I had that stuff, but for what? Like it didn't allow me to feel free. It didn't give me this version of myself that I knew was in there that was just being held back because you know, I was operating under like this false definition of what success was. And I think also when you operate in that space, you come from a place of, of need, like, and people can sense neediness and it becomes this, um, this relationship where you approach other people, you approach customers with a sense of, you need the sale, you need this thing to happen because it's how you're defining your success. And, yeah. and when you find people who are really comfortable in themselves, right, who've done the work and continue to do the work, because let's face it, it's a lot of freaking work to become that, uh, you know, future version of themselves, which again, uh, I think let's clarify, there is no end goal there. Like this version of who I want to be, that goal line is going to continue to move as we get closer to it because um, there's unlimited potential that we all have. Um, but, you know, I, I think as we start to get closer to that um, enlightened version or that future version of ourselves that we define, we start to attract the things that we we've asked for right that's when they kind of start to flow into your life without you having to really do all of this like hustle and grind mentality that you've got to work you know seven days a week 20 hours a day like grinding is a destructive process that's not what we're here for like when you really align with who you are and you get the right people in your corner that's when things start to flow to you and i think like you said that only comes when you really start to just be who you're supposed to be one of my biggest complaints about the system, the system, is we humans have never, ever, not once been taught we are enough as we are. It's always about getting the right education, getting the right job, getting making the right amount of money, working for the right company, marrying the, marrying the right person. Having the right number of kids, having the right, uh, having the kids do the right things so that they can get, but it's, it's never, we've never been taught that when we come into the world, we're actually pretty perfect. When we come into the world, we're, we're, we're decent. We're okay. We are more than enough. And I found that over the last, the reason I'm bringing this up is over the last eight years, I've been spending more and more time with people saying, you know, You don't need to be pushing and pushing as hard as you are because you are enough. And if you don't believe it, then go have a conversation with the person in the mirror for 30 seconds every single day and look at that person, smile at that person and say, you are enough 
just the way you are. Now, that might sound a bit hokey um, to some people, but I promise you, it works. And when I say it works, I'm going to say something that is it's kind of strange. The four inches between your between your ears is your most powerful piece of real estate that you have. The four inches between your ears is your most powerful piece of real estate. And what I mean by that is most of what we do, we do it on autopilot. We don't even think about it. Most of what we see is garbage. Most of what we read is garbage. Most of what we do doesn't help that four inches between your ears. But if you change and you say, wait a minute, if I start playing with that 4%, 4 inches, and I start just a couple of things a day, you start accelerating how that 4 inches works. And that's when you start to realize, yeah, you know what? As I am, I'm enough. And that's when you strip away the layers of the onion. That's when you start to look and see, oh, well, if I don't have that, this pops up. And if I don't have that, so I get rid of shame? I'm comfortable with my skin. I'm comfortable with my position. And if I am comfortable with my position, I can be comfortable letting other people in. And if I can get comfortable letting other people in, whether it's business or personal, because there is no line. I'm sorry. There is no line. All of a sudden, the world starts to open up and you start attracting everything that you ever wanted. That's it's very true. Now, I want to ask a follow-up to that because I think there's a, a dangerous point within that with saying I am enough exactly as I am. And the reason I say that is because I think a lot of people stop there and it's a difficult spot to be because yeah, you are enough as you are, right? I don't want anyone to think that they're less than or, or they're not good enough. But what I don't want it to be is a spot where you stop and be like, I'm enough. Cool. I'm done. I don't need to grow anymore. So I'd love for your opinion on like, how do you differentiate between I am enough as I am and I know that I'm capable of more. So I am enough as I am means I do not have to strive for all the garbage that society tells me I have to strive for. I don't have to be what society tells me I have to be. I am more than enough as I am. I will get bored. Personally speaking, I would get bored just going around saying, okay, so this, this is it. What else? What else? What else? Because I believe that Humans always want to be learning. I believe that humans all have this childlike quality of playfully learning. That's how we learn. Make it fun. Make it joyful. We will learn all kinds of things. I want to go explore this side. I want to go explore this side. I want to go explore this side. Every year we can put in things that we want to go explore or experiment with. Experiment's a good word because you can't fail. You're experimenting. Didn't work? Okay, go, go try another experiment. I do, not, I do not believe in not growing, but I don't like the term growing. I prefer the term expansion. Why? What that allows me to do is say, I'm going to go expand my mind. I'm going to go expand my talent here. I'm going to expand this. So I'm still enough as a person. I can give everyone as much love as they need. I can receive as much love as anyone wants to give me. I can be happy with zero money in my bank account. I can be happy with a zillion dollars in my bank account. That doesn't do anything for me. What does things for me, what humans need, is a way to grow or a way to expand 
themselves. And since we're all different, some are going to want to expand their business knowledge. Some are going to want to expand their relationship knowledge. Some of them are going to want to expand their creativity, whatever that means. Never stop. Your comment, you never stop growing, is absolutely right. The version you are today is not the version you were five years ago, is not the version you were 30 years ago. And the version you're going to be in 30 years is not the version you are today. That's the really cool part of being a human is we're constantly expanding if we don't get caught up in watching ridiculous things on TV, if we don't get caught up paying a ridiculous gobs and gobs amount of time on the socials. That doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help our minds. It doesn't help our ability to love, foster relationships. It cuts us off. When I say you're enough, there's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with any of us. We may need to learn some things. We may need to ratchet up some technical area because we want to do X, Y, and Z. We may need to learn something over here because we want to do this. We may want to be a better parent. We may want to be a better boss. But the fundamentals of us, we're enough. Does that make sense? It does. So what I'm hearing you say is it's more about removing the judgment from other people, right? So uh, negating what other people are going to say you are worth and understanding that yep. you are enough as you are, but you're not limited to where you are. You still have potential that you can expand into. Is that fairly accurate? The only, the only word I would change there is instead of but, I would say and. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly it. Good. And I had to learn, I had to live decades, freaking decades before I learned that. Never taught that. Never, not once. I had, I had a mother that loved me to, to pieces. She raised me really well, but I never learned that. Most of us don't learn this. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it's, it's, I think, a, a fundamental reason of why I, have these conversations and continue to stand up and to do this is to give people, uh, you know, an, an opportunity to be around this type of conversation, not, Hey, did you hear what so-and-so said about so-and-so? Or did you see what this person's doing? Um, there's not enough of this conversation. I believe that gets enough attention because it doesn't attract the likes and the comments and the shares as quickly as the fear or the drama and I think a lot of people will stop in this spot because they get into a spot where they're like, man, this doesn't pay the bills. I'm not getting enough uh, money from ads coming in from views, from all this stuff, because this is not as sexy and exciting as, as sexy and exciting as whatever drama I can cook up. So a lot of people stop there. But, you know, I think when you look at the definition, definition of success, not in terms of dollars or clicks and likes, but in terms of impact, then I think you change the game and you're able to, to go and sit and spend time investing in the future of humanity. Like, I don't think it's impossible for us to create enough ripples in the water to affect change in this world. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe not, but I'm damn sure going to do my best to try. Like, I think the more that we stand up and we have these conversations and we show people what's possible, how to be a servant leader, how to be a good human, how to continue to expand into your full potential, it gives people permission to do the same. I think the more that we stand up and we give people permission to be who they are and not worry about criticism from someone else, not worry about sitting in this struggle and they're never going to get out of it, but give them permission to fail, give them permission to struggle, but don't give them permission to quit, right? To hold them accountable to what they are really capable of doing in a loving way, but still hold them accountable to who they really are capable of, of unlocking within them. 
Because I think we're all capable of so much more than we realize, but we keep that window shut because we're scared of other people being able to see. Like once that window is open, it's a two-way street, right? And that's a scary thought. But when you surround yourself in a good community, maybe you don't worry so much about opening the window. You leave the front door unlocked because you know the people in that community are trustworthy. They have the same core values. And the only way we get to that community is by building those people up in the first place. Like I think all of us are capable of it, but we've got to we've got to help those people unlock. And that I think is is the impact of what we do here. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I said that to give honor to, to people like you who who spend their time sharing their life in an open way. And I and I really just encourage other people to do the same because look, the hard part I think for a lot of people, and I struggle with it too, is sometimes we get into a spot where we wonder, is it worth it? This type of stuff doesn't necessarily pay the bills, right? You can't pay your bills in good deeds, right? The banks don't cash those kind of checks. So like at the end of the day, you still have a responsibility to to do certain things, to generate income, to generate uh, the traditional things. But we get stuck in that spot. And I just want to give the word of encouragement that don't let yourself get stuck in where you are today and lose sight of your potential. Like I think all of us have so much more in us that's just waiting to be unlocked. If we would just stop freaking getting in our own way, we'd put the ego and the pride aside. If we'd open the window and be vulnerable toward other people and just trust in each other to be that example for each other of what's possible. Like lift each other up, not cut each other down. Stop talking drama. Stop talking about other people and start talking about, hey, you got a gift. You're really good at this. Hey, thanks. We don't do enough of that. That's what I want this to be. I want this to be permission for other people to go and live that life. So I know I rambled there for a bit, but I'm so freaking passionate about this topic and how much it can just help other people because, look, I'm the recipient of it. I was in a crappy spot in my life. I was successful and then I realized it was empty. And it wasn't until I saw another person give me a new definition of what possibility looked like, where I was like, hey, he's successful, but not in terms of dollars, but in terms of like how he leads his family, how he leads his friends, how he leads his business. It's different. Like, and I got a taste of what that different was. So for me, seeing that definition from someone else made it possible for me, right? And that's what I want this to be is a definition of possible for you. Um, oof, sorry, I rambled, but I'll, I'll pass back to you on that. I'm just going to say, keep preaching, brother. Just keep <laughs> preaching. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I'll ask you two questions before we wrap this up. You got one piece of advice to give. One piece of advice to give someone that would give them the most impact today. What would that piece be? The four inches between your ears is the most powerful piece of real estate you own. Feed that and only that and you'll get everything you want. I agree. Last question. Maybe the most difficult of all. What's your favorite type of cake? Chocolate. <laughs> Good. Good choice. Solid choice. Are we talking like chocolate with chocolate icing? Like full on all layers chocolate? We're talking full on chocolate. Like we're talking chocolate with uh, mocha filling, chocolate uh, with ganache, chocolate. It's covered in chocolate. Everything. All right. Solid choice. Well, now that we've addressed that, I just want to thank you again for your vulnerability, for your transparency for being who you are and for sharing your time with us here. Because again, I have gotten an amazing amount of impact out of every conversation I've had with you. And I just want to just celebrate you for who you are and continue to cheer you on and keep pushing you forward because you know, you're capable more too. And uh, I celebrate you for it. And I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you. <laughs>